verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The writer said, let us run with patience this race. I want to preach today, what a fantastic move of the Holy Ghost we have had in this house right now. Oh, hallelujah. And, and maybe I'm, I'm emboldened by it. The word of the Lord today is emboldened today by what he has already done in this place. Because I'm telling you, this is more applicable now than it was before he moved. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to somebody and say, the Lord wants you to run this race. If you had any doubt in your mind, I want you to know. Come on, tell them. I want you to know the Lord wants you to run this race. And he wants you to run it. Well, come on, say well. Look at somebody else, say run it well. We're going to talk today about running with weight. Running with weight. Lift your hands, lay your Bibles down, lift your hands to heaven. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moving of the Holy Ghost. That is, you have already, Lord Jesus, just spoke with your word, God. You gave us a word directly from heaven. We thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for that word of comfort and endorsement and, and confirmation. We ask you, Lord Jesus, now that your preached word would come into our hearts. And when it does, I pray, Lord, that it would not find one wall, that it would not, Lord Jesus, meet one bit of resistance, but, Lord, that it would march into my heart and do the exact purpose with which you have sent it. And we give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. And man, somebody ought to have something to shout about with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. Just going to kind of abbreviate this a little bit, but just to kind of start out, let me just tell you, your faith is more than fashionable. It is more than something that you do on the side because it fills some time or maybe even brings you some benefit. This race that we are in spiritually today is more than self-investment. It is more than just making yourself a better person or living a better life. There is a reward at the end of this race. There's an end to this race. And there's an end that goes beyond this world. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
goes beyond anything this world could bring to you. Any amount of satisfaction, any amount of enjoyment, any amount of purpose or benefit that you could find in this life, I'm here to tell you it pales in comparison to what Jesus put at the end of this race. He said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it even entered into the hearts of man the things that God has prepared for those that are following him, loving him, and can I just insert running this race? Look at somebody right now and tell them God wants you to run this race because what's at the end of this race is worth your time. What's at the end of this race is worth your effort. What's at the end of this race is worth you investing everything that you have in your life. It's worth all your money. It's worth all your family. It's worth all your time. I promise you, when you get to heaven, you're not gonna look back and say, my, my, what did I do? You're gonna look back to heaven and say, thank God I did it. I wonder if there's anybody right now, there's something in the Holy Ghost bearing witness with you that says I'm in this race to win it because there's something worth winning. Hallelujah. My faith is not just something, a patch that I wear on my sleeve. It's not, a, not a, some sort of magnet on the back of my car or a bumper sticker somewhere. This thing saved me. This thing changed me. Come on, I know there's somebody. I'm getting ready to preach, but I know there's somebody. You were bound for hell and you knew it. Your mind was messed up and you knew it. But God walked in and the next thing that happened, your life was completely different. Is there anybody here right now that say, I'm that guy, I'm that woman. The Lord changed me. This isn't just something I'm doing. I'm in a race. Because it's worth something. Paul would write in 1 Corinthians 9, he said, don't you know that anybody that runs a race, if it's important enough, they run it. If the race is worth something, they run it. And by that, he says, I mean, they run to win. They're not just casually limping along. Anybody that runs a race that's worth something to them, they're not just trotting and saying, well, I'll get there eventually. No, 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 no. They're running because he says, you know, and I know that in a real race, there's only one that wins. I know we're giving out trophies for everybody participating these days, but in real races, there's only one winner. There's only one. And Paul said, now here's the great thing about the gospel. Everybody can cross the finish line and still be the winner. But here's the thing. You're still gonna have to run like you're the only one that's gonna get the prize. So Paul said, if you're going to run this race, you can't do it haphazardly. You can't do it with half your effort. You can't do it just sometimes. You've got to get focused in your mind and decided in your heart, this is a race that I'm going to win because the end is worth fighting for. It's worth winning and it's worth everything in my life. The pursuit of Christ is going somewhere. There's a reward at the end. And if the race is the real focus, then how you run it becomes very important. It becomes important how you run this race. 
It's important how you live this life. It's important how you pursue Jesus. He's got to be the pursuit, not a pursuit. You've got to pursue him first. Runners, first of all, if they're going to win, they worry about form. They worry about how they run. Literally, they walk. I've heard, because I'm not a runner, but I've heard that the winners, they, they worry about form. They worry about exactly what the stride looks like and what the plan of the foot looks like and what the transition between this leg and that leg looks like. And they focus on that. They practice that so that what to you and I seems meaningless is actually can become very strategic because their form is good. Somebody say form. You've got to have good form if you're going to run this race. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Run the race right. I said, run the race right. Let me just tell you, your old preacher's going to get on you for a second. Stop messing around and run the race right. If you're going to run it, let's run it. If you're going to do it, let's do it. If you're going to be it, let's be it. Run it right. Somebody say, run it right. I was, I was with my wife one time. And we were shopping. And... Uh, I don't remember why, but I was running to the car. I ran to the parking lot. And it just so happened my, my neighbor, about five or six houses down the street, was in that same parking lot. And he was walking in the store. I was running out. And he said to me, and this really meant something to me, because his daughters and his kids all ran cross country. So he said to me as I'm walking in, he said, hey, Brad. I said, hey. He said, nice form. And I said to myself, well, yes. Yes, it is. We talked later. Talked later. He said, where are you running for? Well, I was explaining it to him. He said, no, really, you had nice form. He said, you know, they really teach the kids that when you run, you run heel to toe. My wife's like, you ain't never run your life. Look at her. Look at me. You, they said, you run heel to toe in your stride. You run heel to toe. I didn't even realize I was doing it right. But sure, I was running right. I had good form from somebody that's seen good form. Let me tell you, there's a form to running this race. You don't just run it any old way that you want to. When you're a runner, you work on that thing. There's no wasted movement. You get the most stride for the effort. You, you plant strategy in how you're going to move your legs back and forth and plant your feet. You, you think when you're a runner, come on, I wish there was a runner here that'd say amen. When you're a runner, you worry about pace. And you worry about push. There's some times where you say, okay, now's the time in the race to push. And now just pace yourself and make sure you don't burn out. There's all kinds of things I hear about running like that. Here's what I'm wondering. I got to thinking about this running stuff. And you know what I figured out? There's a lot of us that are saved, but we're really sloppy. We're saved, but we're just kind of running around like a chicken with our head cut off. 1 Corinthians 9, Paul said, don't you know that those who run a race, they run all, but one receives the right. So run like you're trying to win it. Run like that. Run like you're trying to win. Let me ask you a question today. Does it look like you're trying to win? If people look at you in your walk with God, does it look like you're trying to win this race? Has anybody ever watched a race you knew that guy wasn't winning? I mean, everybody else was running great and they were neck and neck, but then there was that guy in the back, the Lord, God bless his heart. 
and, and he was struggling and, and he didn't look like everybody else. I wonder sometimes if that's what God sees when he looks down and he sees some of you folks that just got it all together and your stride is impeccable and you're going heel to toe and you're, you're, you're pushing when you're supposed to push and you're pacing when you're supposed to pace. But then there's fools like me at times running, looking like a chicken running across the barnyard, flapping everywhere, just trying to get from point A to point B. Paul said, look, if you're going to run this race, you don't need to run it like a chicken. You need to run it like a champion. You need to make sure that you've got good form. You've got to do the things that bring success. That's right. That's a quotable right there. Run like a champion, not a chicken. Hallelujah. That was new. It's not even in my notes. The Lord gave that to me just now. The race matters. Run it right. Paul said, everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. He said, you look at, you look at these Olympia, Olympic games that were even in existence back then. He said, you look at them, they're temperate, they're disciplined in all things, and they're doing it for a little bit of fig leaves that they're gonna put on top of their head. He said, but there's a crown of righteousness that God's gonna put on top of your head. Now you tell me who ought to have more form, those that are running a race in this world or a child of God that's got an incorruptible crown that's gonna be laid on their head. I say this form matters. I say if we're gonna run, let's run it right. Because somebody say, run it right. See, you just got to, what's that mean? You just got to do the things that bring you success. And you don't look, I'm going to like this, but look, you're going to run the race. You better do some praying and fasting. Somebody look at somebody and say, form. You better do some praying and fasting. You think you're going to run off devils and not pray? You think we're going to win souls and not pray? You think the devil's going to leave you and your family alone and you not pray? My God, wake up. We need prayer warriors in this last day. We need people that'll fast, push away from the table, discipline themselves, and say, you know what? The race is worth this. James said, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Fervent, passionate, with purpose. Effectual, with strategy. When's the last time you prayed with fervency, spirit, and strategy? When's the last time you prayed with some purpose and it wasn't just a whisper so you could get on to the next thing? I'm just telling you because I'm guilty. I'm just telling you because I need to work on my form. Praying and fasting, giving and growing. You want to know why some of your finances are messed up? Because you're robbing God. Look at somebody and say, Form. So I got so much coming against me. Oh, my, my finances, and you list those finances in there. All I can tell you is when you obey God, there's a blessing that comes that hell can't stop. And when you don't, there's the curse of humanity that'll eat up everything that you've got in the bank account. Listen, you need to talk to God about giving and growing. You can't stay where you're at either. You can't stay a baby all the time. You can't live like a baby all the time. God thought it was cute when you toddled out of the starting line. But it's not cute anymore that you're still a baby three years later and you've not grown anything in Christ. Somebody say form. You gotta have form if you're gonna run this race. Worshiping and serving. If you're not serving somewhere, something's wrong. Oh, y'all getting quiet now. That's all right. Practice isn't fun either, is it? Form, worshiping, and serving. You say, I serve the Lord. Do you? Do you really? Do you serve the Lord? Where do you serve the Lord? I, you may be in the race, but I'm not sure you're serving. 
Serving means you're doing something. You're working. Serving's a really nice spiritual word for work. I'm working for the Lord. I'm not just living for him. I'm working for him. And I'm worshiping him. And I'm sowing and I'm sharing. Because something happened in me that everybody in the world, it ought to happen to them. Come on now. I don't care how saved are you. The more saved you get, the more realize, the more you realize that there's other folks out there that need what you have. And so you sow and you share. Well, I can't get anybody to listen to me. Honey, just keep sowing and keep sharing because it's form. It's part of the race. Don't tell me you're in the race when you're not yelling to the sidelines. Come on, run with me. Run with me. Get in this race with me. Somebody say form. Pray and fast. Give and grow. Worship and serve. Sow and share. Because form matters in the race. Weight matters too. If you're going to run the race, run it light. You got enough with you. You don't need any extra hanging on. I, I, I tried to think... This is how I'd run a race. I'd say, you know what? It may rain. I think I'll bring an umbrella. I hate rain. I thank God for what it does, but I hate walking in the rain. Running in the rain would further aggravate me. So I'd bring an umbrella. I'd bring my wallet and money or my phone. Phone. I could not run without my phone. Got to put that somewhere. Phone, wallet, money. It might get cold. So coat. Especially this time now. If I'm going to run right now, I'm going to bring a coat. But I'm going to just tell you, by the time I got done, I'd be exhausted within a block. Not because of the hundred none of your business that I'm carrying. <laughs> but because of the extra things. Hear me now. But because of the extra things that I put on that I think I need. Let me tell you something. You're not going to get wore out by dragging your carcass in this race. Don't tell me you're going to get burnt out and worn out by just dragging yourself. That's not what's wearing folks out. What's wearing folks out is the other stuff, the stuff we're carrying alongside. That's why he said, look, it's very telling. Everybody knows, lay aside the weight and the sin, and we all know it that so easily besets us, gets us off course, wears us out. Listen, he looked at the, the Galatian church and, and the church in Galatia, and he said, you did run well. You were doing great. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Everywhere Paul went, he'd set up a church and some lousy idiot would come in afterwards and try to add a bunch of other things that did not matter and that they did not need. And he constantly had to go back to these churches and say, come on, run the race light. Get rid of the things that don't matter. Let me ask you something. Here's a great question to ask yourself. If you're trying to figure out how to apply what I'm saying, ask yourself this question. What fits if my faith is first? Let me say it again. What fits in my life if my faith is first? If you'll be honest about that, I'm telling you everybody in this house is gonna walk out lighter because there's something in everybody's hands today that you're holding on to. There's something emotional 
emotionally, physically maybe even, that you're holding on to, and it's keeping you from running your best race. It's wearing you out. It's tiring you out. It's causing you to think thoughts that tell, you know what, maybe I don't need to be in this race anymore. Maybe it's not important anymore. The devil is a liar. Honey, just lay it down. Lay it down. Because when you run light, there is something powerful that happens to the saint of God, to the one that pursues him, when they begin to learn the lesson of laying aside. When they start asking themselves, what makes sense if this race is the focus of my life? This is not popular these days. Intense self-reflection. Shallow self-reflection that can be posted. Very popular. Intense, soul-digging self-reflection. Avoid at all costs. It's brutal, brutal honesty doesn't have much of a place in this culture. In fact, I, I, I believe this statement is true, that correction has become criminal. It's become an offense. It's become a sin to call sin, sin. It's become a, it's become a bad thing to look and point out bad things. And it's not just you say, well, we don't want anybody doing that to us. I'm going to tell you, it is even eked into your life. You don't want to call sin, sin. You don't want to call bad, bad. This world has called correction criminal. But God has a different perspective. God says that correction is love. How crazy is that? That correction is love. Proverbs 3 and 12. For whom the Lord loveth, he corrects. Even like a father, the son and his son, whom he delights. You don't correct your kids because you really just want to get one over on them. You correct them because there's something they're doing that's going to mess them up later or mess them up now. So you stand in the way as a parent. I hope you do. I'm preaching to you. If you don't, you stand in the way as a parent and you say, no, this is going to change. We're going to correct this. Don't you know that's what God does to you? He's not trying to beat up on you. He's trying to get you out of a mess now or get you out of a mess later. You got to run it light. People say, I, don't judge me. I, this is a really popular one. And yes, I'm being sarcastic. I feel attacked. You should. Did, did you hear me? I'm as serious as I can be. You should feel attacked. When your world and your life does not line up to the word of God, God is showing up to do battle with your stinking flesh. And he is on the attack. And he is there to kill everything in you that's not like him. All he's waiting for is permission for you to say, come on in and let everything that's not like you, let it die. And let everything that's like you rise and be like you. Come on, somebody. It's the law of laying aside. You just got to let the weight go. You got to let it off. You're going to find out your race is easier to run when you let God do his business. You're going to find out that this this race is not so much of a hardship when you let him do his business. And just because God doesn't condemn you doesn't mean he condones you. 
Well, I don't feel conviction about it. I don't feel condemned about it. It must be okay. Oh, you better be careful. You better be careful. Because I'm going to tell you, you can mistake the grace of God for God's green light. When all it is is a chance. And all it is is a bridge that's trying to get you from where you're at to where he wants you to be. You need form, but ladies and gentlemen, you also need to lay the side. Say, run the race light. And let me finish today by telling you, any race, any athlete, when they're going to run a race, they're going to put, if they're going to win, if they have a mind to win, they're going to put in some effort. In other words, they're going to run the race with some fight. That's not the response I thought I'd get. Let me say it again, not louder, just slower. If you're going to run the race, you're going to have to have some fight. Because it's not all downhill. I love running downhill. I can run fast downhill. Woo, just watch me. Let's get on a hill and race me. I, if, I, if my legs don't catch up, I'll tumble fast. I mean, running downhill is easy. And you know what? Secondly, the second easiest, running on a flat surface. That's pretty easy too. That's what I get on a treadmill and they got that height button. I put it all the way down and said, the devil is a liar. We're staying right down here. Because flat surface, it's easy, right? It's the hills I don't like. Somebody, come on now. It's the hills I don't like. I live in a subdivision with two giant hills. I hate them because they win me and they take out my energy and they make me want to say, you know what? I think I'll just walk up this hill until it gets flat again. Listen, I'm telling you, it is much the same in our spiritual walk. And, and Paul knew this. He knew this. He said, look, with us seeing all these things, seeing that all the fathers of the faith have been through worse than what we've been through and, we, and they, they serve as a witness against us. Let's run this race, laying aside all this things, but run it, watch with patience. Now, if you're not careful, you just say, well, patience. Okay, we gotta be patient. But that word is loaded. That word is loaded because translated, it really means let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. Paul tells us three things in that scripture. He tells us, number one, you're gonna have to endure some hard things. There's going to be some days where you don't want to get out of bed. There's going to be some circumstances where you cannot control. There's going to be some feelings that are going to show up whether you prayed 24 hours before or not. There's going to be some times where it's hard. There's going to be times where you're going to lose things. There's going to be times where you gain things. There's going to be life in and out, running in and out of the doors of your life. But Paul said, so I run, so I fight. I fight the same way that I run. There's going to be times where you're going to have to run through the rain, Bradley. You're going to have to run when it's pelting your face. But God is just as faithful when it's raining as when the sun is shining. And God is just as high. Uh, 
God is just as powerful when things are bad as when things are good. God is just as right when things are rough as when things are steady and smooth. I'm just telling you, there's times I'm setting you up. You got to know you're going to have to fight if you're going to run this race. You're going to have to stand up and say, I don't care what this world does. Just give me Jesus. I've got enough backbone to stand and to run in the race. I say amen. You're going to have to endure some hard things. Number two, he said, you're going to have to persist. You're going to have to do right things, then do them again. And then when you get done doing them again, you're going to have to do them again. But then Wednesday comes. But you're going to have to do them again. You have to pray. Again. You're going to have to fast. Again. Give. Oh, I gave that offering. It was a big one. It was a good one. Do it again. I really grew through that lesson. I really grew through that season. Do it again. Wasn't that an awesome worship service? Guess what? We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. And it's going to be awesome then if we'll let it. Well, I, I, I helped out the food bank. I, I served there. I served here. I served. I found a place in the kingdom. Do it again. The church needs you to do it again. I already filled a place in my spot. I, I was once on the schedule every six months. Do it again. Serve again. I, I tried. I, I talked to my neighbor. and I, He wanted nothing to do with it. Do it again. I sowed seed. and He had nothing to do with that. Do it again. I, I tried that Bible study and they wouldn't show up the next time. Do it again. Ah, you got to stay on course. You have to persist. You have to share, sow, serve, worship, give, grow, pray fast. Do it again and again and again. Paul said, let's run this race persistence and let's run this race staying on course let me just tell you it's a wrong time to change your mind about God it's a wrong time to change your mind about truth there is an appointed course for you that's why you're here. God appointed a course for you. He appointed a plan for you, a truth for you, a place, a, a footstep, a path for you. It's the wrong time for you to say, you know what? I wonder what that path would be. I wonder what that course would be. Paul said, you know, this is what he was facing. He said, look, no, no, no. If you're going to run this race, stay on course. Stay on course. I'm so sick of the devil getting people off course these days. I've been dealing with folks with people getting off course and getting their mind all messed up because of the devil coming in with voices and people that are not of God. The devil is a liar. I'm telling this church, you stay on course. You stay in the truth. There's one truth, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Repent, be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Holiness is still right. Righteousness is still pure and it's still good and godly. And without it, no man shall see the Lord. Stay on course. Get somebody and say, if you're going to run, stay on course. Because folks, we must finish strong. And the finish is upon us. Did you hear me, APC? Did you hear me, somebody online? 
the race is at the end, not the beginning. Peter said, knowing this first, he prophesied. He said, in the last days, scoffers would come. And they would walk according to their own lust, their own thoughts, their own wants, and their own desires. And it would produce a mind and a mouth that would say, where's the promise of his coming? What do you mean he's coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue. How many years has it been since they wrote that, Pastor? I'd say 2,000 plus. But it's still as real right now as it was when it hit the brain, through the hand, through the writing, and onto the parchment of Peter when he wrote it. He said, and here's the problem, that they willingly, watch, they willingly or willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens of old and the earth were standing out of water and in the water, that God with his word created this world. And by which the world then existed, perished, and was being flooded. They'd forgotten about Noah. They'd forgotten about the ark. They'd forgotten that God got tired. And it repented him that he had made man. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by that same word, he said, are reserved for fire, not water, but fire, unto the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, come on, look at somebody and say, that's us. Come on, look at somebody and say, that's the post in the race. Come on, all you that are in the race, do not forget one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Don't forget, if you're in the race, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but the only reason he hasn't come already is that he's long-suffering. He's trying to get more people in the race. If it wasn't for that, he'd already be here. That's how close we are friend we're at the end we're at the end the only thing keeping the coming of the Lord from happening is his mercy and grace because it is coming did you hear me you look in my eyes right now it is coming if I die after this message, let me die with this on my tongue. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm telling somebody in the race, don't you give up now. He's coming. Don't you give up now, Nate. He's coming. Don't you throw in the towel now. He's coming. I want you to stand with me. This is why Paul would say in Hebrews 12 2, we're looking unto Jesus. Our eyes are not on this terrain. Our eyes are not on the life that we personally live here. For the believer, for the race runner, we're looking unto Jesus. The author, the finisher. See, the race is about him. It's about him and what he does in life. He is the reason. He's the purpose. He's the plan. He's the motivation. He's the beginning through the end. He's the first through the last. In so many words, he is 
the race. He's all. And Paul would tell, he got to talking to the church. He said, this is, this is why we take the Lord's Supper, to remind us what this race is about. The Corinthian church had gotten off. They, they turned the Lord's Supper into something that it's more of a social gathering. It was just this like a little intrinsic thing, obviously, that they did. And they were fussing about it. Not everybody could participate. And they got all kinds of things messed up about it. And Paul said, no, 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 Corinthians 11. He said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're showing the Lord's death. Watch till he comes. When you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you are confirming the race, the beginning and the end. Therefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink the, this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus. He said, you, you can't shortchange this thing. Let a man examine himself and make sure that he understands before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. In my words, this is about the race. That this seemingly small physical act actually represents the totality of your purpose in walking with him. It's a signal. It's a sign. It's a confirmation that says and declares, listen, when you take this blood and this bread and what it, this, this juice and this wafer, it sends this big old flag up into heaven that says, I'm in this race. I may be just at the start of mine. I may be towards the end, but I know you're coming. And I remember what started it. It was the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I know what's going to end it. It's going to be when you come again. That's the race. It's a sign and signal. I'm in the race. I'm still here. I haven't given up. I haven't thrown in the towel. I've made some mistakes, sure. I've had some bumpy roads. There's been some things to endure. I've stopped along the side, put my hands on my knees, and I've even breathed pretty heavy for a while trying to get my breath. But I'm just here to tell you today, Lord, I'm here to stand with the company of believers and say, I'm doing the best I can and I'll do the best I can. And I'm running this race. You know, when you take this today, you know what you're saying? You're saying, Lord, I'll run right. I've always ran right. So I'll run right, Lord. When you take the Lord's Supper today, you commit yourself. You know what you're saying? You're saying, I'll run light. I know there's some stuff that needs to fall off of me. And this older day, I'll run light. It'll fall off. And some of you that are tired and thought about giving in, or at least and you weren't serious about it, but it keeps coming back to you. You stand the day with the Lord's Supper and you'll say, I'll run with a fight. I'll run with a backbone. I'll run till this is done, Lord. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to turn around. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care the storm i got to run through. You can count on me. I know what you did for me, Lord. And I know you're coming back for me. 
This is too important to me. This is too valuable to me to give up now. I wonder if there's anybody before we take the Lord's Supper, you might want to find a place, an altar, and begin to talk to the Lord about the Word of God in your life that's been preached to you today. Come on. Is there somebody? I hope it's everybody. that Get out of your seat or there in your seat, whatever you're able to do. We're going to take the Lord's Supper up here, so you might as well come on up. Might as well fill this front and fill these front few pews just with people that are praying, crying out to the Lord. Come on, where's my runners? Where's the runners at? Where's the runners? I've ran pretty sloppy, Pastor. Come on, get your form. Come on down here and get your form straightened out. Come on, I've run with a lot of weight. Come on, just come up here and lay down. Lay down everything that's not like him. Come on, I've, I've thought about giving up, Pastor. Come on, come in here and get your fight. Get your fight at an altar today. Talk to the Lord right now. Come on, would you do it?